So we were talking about uh, the, the eternal gospel. And I told you that there are many gospels that are preached which are good. And those gospels that are preached might not be eternal. Because the Lord gave us clearly in the book of Revelation what he calls the eternal gospel. Hallelujah. And I want you uh, to... I want us to take our Bibles in the book of uh, Revelation, chapter number 14. I think we read it before, starting from verse 6, Revelation 14. Take it quickly. He said, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. Now, verse, uh, verse saying, with a loud voice, fear God, give, give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him. So we told you that the eternal gospel are those threefold gospel, the fear of the Lord, giving glory to him and worship him. These are the three gospels that stand in eternity because in heaven, the fear of the Lord is there. In heaven, Giving glory is God is there. In heaven, worshiping God is there. But in heaven, there is no such a thing as healing. There is no such a thing as we preach to you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. There is no such a thing as breakthrough. There is no such a, because we are in the breakthrough. But there are three things in heaven that we are going to experience all the time. Fear God. Give him glory and worship him. So if we, don't ex if we don't do that here, we are missing on the eternal gospel. We can preach to you all kinds of gospel uh, that can be good to you in the moment, but in eternity, it will not stand. Jesus showed us clearly that's why every, guy, every people that he raised from the dead died later on. Amen? I'm sure Lazarus is dead. I'm sure the daughter of Jairus is dead. I'm sure the man that was cleansed with leprosy is dead. Hallelujah. I'm sure they are all dead, but I'm sure they are all still worshiping him, whoever they are. I'm sure they are still giving him the glory. I'm sure they are still fearing the name of the Lord. So it doesn't matter what God can give you if you are not in the dimension of eternal gospel, your life will be shaky. Because in the temporary gospel, which is not a bad gospel, the temporary gospel is challenged by the reality of the world. But the eternal gospel can't be challenged. You see, situations can come to you, and those situations can challenge your breakthrough. They can challenge your healing. They can challenge what you hear from God. They can discourage you and making you think that you are not a good Christian. But there is something that they can't challenge. Hallelujah. They cannot challenge the fear of the Lord. They cannot challenge the glory that is given to God. And they can never challenge worship unto God. So we need to function in the eternal gospel sometimes. So we talk about the fear of the Lord. And I want to talk about glorifying him. What is to give glory to God? To give glory to God is our expression of, recognize, of recognition. Giving glory to God is our expression of recognition, respect, and gratitude toward the one 
who not only loves us, but also empowers us to do the done. Let me say it again. To glorify God is our expression of recognition, respect, and gratitude. It's our expression of recognition, respect, and gratitude toward the one who not only loves us, toward the one who not only loves us, but also empowers us to do the done. Hallelujah. Do you understand? I'm not just saying to do the do, to do the done. Hallelujah. I'm glad when we were created, we were called human being, not human doing. Hallelujah. We are created to be, not to do. We only do the done. If you don't understand what I've said, you will be troubled all your life. Because God says something in the book of Revelation. He said, blessed are the dead in Christ. Huh? Blessed are the dead in Christ. Because from now on, they have ceased from their labor and their works follow them. That's a powerful statement. What is a labor? The labor is the energy you produce in doing a work. So God said, when you are dead in Christ, I want to say when dead to yourself, you cease from the energy that you deploy to do something, but you still do it in the energy of God. So you come to a place where it's not you doing it, but it's Christ doing it in you. You come to a place where you are not doing it by your strength, but you are doing it because Christ has done it. We are not healing the sick because they are sick. We are healing them because they are healed. No, you never heal people because they are sick. You heal them because they are healed. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Yes, 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 yes. We don't pray to get breakthrough. We pray because we have. Because if you are praying to get breakthrough, you will be a miserable Christian. We are not praying to get the anointing. We pray because we have the anointing of God. So everything you do for God, do it because he has done it. Hallelujah. Now, when you do it in that attitude, you will be able to give him glory. Hallelujah. You will be able to do because you will understand that I'm doing it in recognition of what he has done. I'm doing it because I respect what he has done. I'm doing because I'm thankful that he has done what he has done. Come on. You need to understand that. The Apostle Paul put it this way in the book of 1 Corinthians. I want us to, 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 to read 1 Corinthians 10, 31. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Put it down. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. First Corinthians 10. Therefore, whatever, whatever you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. The Apostle Paul says, even when you are eating, eat for the glory of God. Whatever you do, let it be for the glory of God. How do you do everything for the glory of God? My Lord, 
How do you do everything for the glory of God? You do everything for the glory of God the moment you realize that whatever you do is God's empowerment that causes you to do. So you are not, you see, you, you see people think they can eat. Me, I love food. So now when they eat, they don't eat in the glory. They eat in dishonor. But they forgot that just a headache can cause you to not have appetite. Hallelujah. Tummy ache, a small tummy ache, your appetite is gone. So if you are busy eating, you need to know it's because he has given you a healed body. Don't check what I'm saying. If you can put food in your mouth, it's because God has given you grace. So he said, when you are putting the food, you must say, Lord, thank you. I'm doing this in honor of your name. If I enjoy food, it's because I know you created it. And I'm eating it because it's good. It's everything you do. If you we, we for the glory of God. Yes, because I know it's funny, but you know that some people have a type of cancer that, that going to the loo is a problem. Yeah. Actually, you go there, you wee, and you come back. I just went to the toilet. You don't give glory to the one that empowers you to do. He said, in all you do, do it. But you won't do that if you don't recognize the one that empowers you to do it. So it requires humility. Giving glory to God demands humility from our side. It was the attitude of Jesus in the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter number two. The Bible said Jesus was in the form of God, but he did not regard as robbery the fact to be equal to God, but he emptied himself and taking the, the form of a born servant. And he humbled himself even to the death of the cross. And because of his humility, God has given him a name that is higher than any other name, exalted above every other name. That has a sound, just a sound. As a mention, there's a mention of a name. You, it might not be there, but his name carries weight. It might not be there, but his name opens doors. It might not be there, but the mission of his name causes hell to tremble because the name has been empowered. I don't know if you check what I'm saying. The DNC Jesus was empowered. His name was empowered. Power was vested in that name. That anyone that can pronounce that name releases power as the sound of the name of As the sound of the name of You need to understand the name. In the spirit, whatever you don't understand does not work for you. Yes. At the sound. At the sound. At the sound of a name. But Jesus was humble. You know, to be baptized was a place of humbleness. Jesus didn't need baptism. Because baptism 
was for sinners. And Jesus was not a sinner. Although he bore sin, he was not a sinner. His birth was, he was conceived in holiness. There was no human manipulation to his birth. He was born by the word. But let me tell you something. Jesus, even born through the word, was tested. He was growing up and he walked for 29 years on earth under a closed heaven. The heaven were closed. He could talk to the people, but the flow of the Father was not there. At 30, when he went to be baptized, God says, you have shown me that you are a humble man. And heaven was open. Some of you, the reason why your open heaven are shut is because of pride. Pride says, me. The reason why the testimony of forgiveness was powerful because pride is in your heart and pride causes you not to forgive. Because it was done to you. And who are you? To take you so serious that whatever was done to you cannot be forgiven. Who are you to be you? The number one thing that destroys the people of God is pride. Yes, it's pride. You think pride is just to say, I'm a great man. No. Pride is to take yourself so serious that you can't allow anyone to offend you. Because anyone that offends you has stepped beyond the line. I draw a line in the sand. If you pass this one, you know what God taught me to do? He taught me to wipe away all my lines. When I was growing up, I had a lot of lines. You don't speak to me a certain way. It doesn't matter who you are. I will never keep quiet and listen to you. And God said, clear that line. Clear that line, and I cleared it, and it's so painful. It's very painful because you have to hear stuff or you have to say stuff. That it's so painful. But if you don't die to that self, you will not raise to a new one. Giving glory to God is be at the place where you humble yourself before God, like Jesus did. Jesus was humble. Even to crucify him. Wow. Do you know that Jesus could just look at them and say, die. And they die. But they were crucifying him and he was helpless. And he knew that it was for the Father that he was doing this and for us. Even when he had the power within himself to destroy them. Let, let, let me show you an example. Why he could. When they came to arrest him, according to one of the Gospels, when they said, who is Jesus? He said, it's I. They fell. They fell. 
and they pick them up. Come. So you were picked up to arrest. Somebody you come to arrest, you say, it is I, you fall. You better run. But yet he empowered them to arrest him. You don't hear what I'm saying. Because when they fell, it needed heaven to empower them again to stand on their feet. So in a way, Jesus empowered them to arrest him. But why did he do that? Because he knew it was not about him. It was about you and me. He has come to the place where his ego is dead. Where himself is dead. He died before dying. Yes. He was crucified long before the foundation. He was slain. Jesus came dead. He walked this earth dead. So the cross was just a manifestation of his death. But before that, the Bible said before the foundation of the world, the lamb was slain. So he walked dead. He healed the people dead. Yes. He raised the dead dead. And then one day came where he said, I will show you where I get the power to do what I do. I will show you that I was already dead by manifesting my death to you. So when he manifested that death, the Bible will say, whoever believes in him. Now you don't know that believing in God does not mean you say, I believe in him. No. He said, if you believe in me, do what I have done. So whenever you claim that you believe in God, you need to check your deeds. Are they talking the same language? Otherwise, the devil will resist you and you will be discouraged. Yes. We need to understand this truth. This is a humble God we are serving. A God that has life, but yet lay down his life for you and me. Hallelujah. He was obedient to honor the Father. Hallelujah. He was obedient to honor the Father. And that obedience spoke volume in heaven. In the fact that he gave the glory to Jesus. Glory, giving glory to God is not just in the expression of our word. It's part of it. But giving glory to God is more in our doing. Because he said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So, we give you all the glory. We worship. This is a beautiful song. When we saw women we fall under the anointing, we give you all the glory. But are you really giving him the glory? Because what heaven is looking at is what would you say about what you do and what you think. And because if you think wrong of a person, you dishonor the person. You say, honor your father and your mother and shall live long. It means the way you think about them. It means if you sit here and you think wrong of me, you are not honoring me. And then you can receive nothing from me. So you need to go and sort out your heart. I don't need to sort my heart because I have nothing against you. 
Hallelujah. Hey, you need to sort out your heart. I need to sort out my heart toward the people that are close to me that I interact with every day. You know, the pastor was giving testimony. He said, then somebody was talking to him. And that guy that is talking is a talker. Or is talkative. And he talks a lot in relationship. Now he revealed to you the mistake of the other one. And you will think it's the Holy Spirit. Now. Yes. He talks. He said, you know, your wife, huh? She does not, she's not submissive. And even he will tell you what she will do. Oh, be careful who you listen to. I said, be careful. It will destroy your relationships. You need to know that God says love does not suspect the wrong. That love does not feed on the wrong. But love exhorts what is good. Do you know I walk close to Leon, because his help is my armor bearer. But do you know that how many times he has to resist Satan so that he can walk with me? Yeah, because Satan will tell you, you see, oh, you know what is that? Eh? I'm telling the truth. I know it. So, <laughs> so he has to stand and say to Satan, no, this is a man that God has given me. And I will follow him wherever he goes. That's why he's sitting with me all the time. It's not that I'm perfect. Yeah. Huh? Sometimes I say things to you, I go home, I say, oh Lord, but this man is older than me. I shouldn't have said <laughs> But you know, and then he will humble himself. Yes. And will say, listen, you know what, you were right. Maybe I didn't handle it right. In relationship, if you don't know how to die, you will not know how to glorify God and honor the person you are with. That you give glory to God by honoring one another. Come on. You give glory to God by honoring one another. So I honor you because you are my brother. You know one thing God healed me from, and uh, I praise God, I don't know how to keep grudges against people. I don't know how. That's why people think he's a hypocrite. I'm not. I can't. Leon, you can hurt me today, tomorrow I'll smile with you, not because I'm a hypocrite, but I understand that men are weak. I understand we have our flaws. So why must I hold on the mistake of somebody and cut my relationship with him? This thing is, is not right. Okay. Okay, it's fine now. So, what I'm trying to tell you is that Giving glory to God is honoring one another. Giving glory to God is honor him. Honor God means to say yes to everything he says. So even if I don't like it, when I say yes, I'm honoring him. But you know that honor, giving glory to God can get you into trouble. Big trouble. Because the place of honor is not necessarily the place where people think the same way. Because God will tell you to do something and people will not like it. And you need to give glory to God. Do you know that there can be a culture at your workplace and God gives you a different culture? You walk into the workplace and no one likes you. And you are crying because no one likes you. 
But you don't know they don't like you because they don't like your father. Jesus said, if they hate you, it's because they hate me in the beginning. So the way they are treating you at work, unless you misbehave. Don't hide under that and do one thing and say, I'm a Christian, that's why they hate me. No, if you are rude, change your ways. Now, I'm saying, that was just, yeah, by the way, that what I'm saying is that when you walk with God, the world will not appreciate you. If the world celebrates you, when you are a Christian, be careful. Yes, I'm be honest with you. The world cannot celebrate us. That's why when you go on the internet, it's all about what the pastor do. It's not what about the witch doctor do. They said, they said the pastors are taking money from the people. How much the witch doctors are taking? You go there willingly, you pay. You pay 3000 for him to throw bones to tell you something. You make an offering of 100 rand in the church, it's a problem. They say we are taking your money. But which, which doctor will allow 100 rand to be paid? Tell me. But you make an offering in the church, it's in the newspapers. A witch doctor can drive a nice car when he comes with a thing, Baba. A pastor will drive a car, thief. You don't check what I'm saying. The world will not like you because of your father. I've learned that. That's why I don't wait for the applause of people in the world. Don't wait for people to applaud you. Ask God to celebrate you. Zephaniah 3 says, He sings over you. Oh my Lord. So God knows people will not sing over you. So he himself is singing over you. Give him glory. Look at people like Daniel. They said, don't pray. He prayed. They threw him alone then. God saved him. Can I submit to you that sometimes God will not save you from the lion den? Yeah, because you think every time God will save me from it. No, sometimes the lion will eat you up. Sometimes they won't eat you, they will bite you. You come out, Lord, why? Because you were never taught that not everybody thrown in the lion den was saved. Some people died. Why do you think the Bible talks about the martyrs in the book of Revelation? Because some people, because of their faith, they were mishandled and killed. Now, if what I'm talking to you is not true, then the people in North Nigeria are not Christian. Those that they burned for Christ, those that they killed. If this Christianity of Econ in South Africa is the only Christianity, then you cannot preach in some countries. I went to a country to preach. I cried. I cried. I couldn't bear it. The level of poverty. I said, Lord, what must I do to take these people out of poverty? He said, give them Christ. I preach Christ to them. Some people, they don't have enough. But when they receive Christ, their yard is cleaner than the one that don't have Christ. Whatever they have, they handle it with care because they know God gave me this. Let me take care of it. That's why everything that God gives you, 
to glorify him, take care of it. You don't put water in your car. You don't put oil. Then you want breakthrough. No. Take care of that thing that God gave you. God gave you a wife. You don't look after her. Then your eyes are out over the young girls that somebody is taking care of. And then you compare your wife with that girl. But you don't know once your wife was like that girl. If you have taken care of her, she wouldn't look the way she looks. My father told me one time, he said, my son, a wife is like a, wife is like a car. She needs to go for service now and then. And sometimes when it's crashed, you spray paint again. I said, I said, take care of her in a way that people outside, when they see her, they say she's beautiful. I'm buang. The Bible says you will present her as a wife without wrinkles and spotless. It's not the age, it's your behavior that is killing that woman. Hallelujah. Then he comes to the wife, he says, honor your husband. It means, you know, he says, honor him. The word honor is glorify him. So are you, if you don't give glory to your husband, forget about giving glory to God. He does not receive it. He does not. He will not receive it because you are a hypocrite. The same way if you don't look after your wife, forget about praying. God will not listen to your prayers. Because you are a hypocrite. How can you try to pray to God while you can't look after the one that he has given you? How can you love a God you don't see and hate one you see? Giving glory to God. It's in everything. Let me go down to the student. If you are not studying, you are not glorifying God. You are a lazy person. Whatever you do, do it with the grace of God. I don't want to use the word excellence because God is more than excellent. I'm using about do it in the nature of God. Whatever God gives you, make sure you handle it with respect. You can't wash your clothes without trusting God for a new one. My God, help me here. Somebody is feeling offended. Take care of it. That's what it means, glorify God. Hallelujah. Read the scripture in glorifying God. Read it with your heart. Pray as you glorify God. Pray like prayer is your only source. But pray not trusting your prayers. Trusting the source. When you glorify God in all you do, God will glorify you before men. God will glorify you before men. Maybe some of you, the problem that you are having today is this key I just gave you. And sometimes I do fail too. But I need to go back to the altar and say, Lord, I failed here. I need to glorify you in everything I 
I need people to see you in everything I do. I need people to see you in everything I do. I need people to hear you when I talk. I need people to know you when I'm there. I want to glorify you in all I do. And if you do that, you will see that you, you will stop praying for breakthrough. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, and all these things shall be added to you. And you are not doing it religiously. You are doing it with the flow of the spirit. You allow God to flow through you. I say you allow God to flow through you. And if you allow God to flow through you, men will be blessed and God will lift you up. He say, Abraham, I will make your name great. So there is a place in the kingdom where God makes a name of a human being great. Why does he make it great? For his own glory. So that people can look at that human being and see God. So that people can look at him and say, hey guys, there is God. God is real. In everything, in your business, do it for the glory of God. I said, do it for the glory of God. With our children, let's raise them for the glory of God. You know, the mistake of us parents is that when we discipline our children, we don't discipline them because they do wrong. We discipline them because of our name. Because we don't want them to make our name bad. So it's not about the child. It's about our pride again. Some of us that we want our children to be successful, successful. Deep in our heart, God can test us. It's never about the child. It's about us bragging. You see my child? No, I raised my children well. My children are disciplined. My children are my. It's to talk that talk. It's not for the child. Let's do it for the glory of God. I say, Lord, do it for the glory of God. Have you realized that sometimes your child behaves and you are embarrassed as parents? In public. He's a child. He's just being himself. And you being yourself by being a shame. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Do it all for the glory of God. Say, do it all for the glory of God. Say, glorify God in all you do. Glorify God in your relationships. Glorify God in your work. Glorify God at home. Glorify God everywhere. Say, Father, Father, let people see you, see you. In, me. in me. The Bible says, if I live it, not me living anymore, it's Christ living in me. That the life I live now, I live it in the Son of God that loved me and died for me. So Jesus wants to live through you. The reason why you were created is because God was looking for an habitation. Heaven is big, but heaven was not enough. He said, I want tabernacles. I want people to dwell in and walk with so that I can invade the earth by myself. God is such a good God. He created the world and then he has to conquer it again. Ah. And then he does not conquer it with a military force. He conquers it by his death. Ah, what a God is this. What an amazing God we serve. That's why I say the name of Jesus, we're going to sing it again. What a God we serve. What a powerful God we serve. What an amazing God we serve. What a powerful God we serve. I pray that God may work compassion in your heart today. 
I pray that God may work grace in your heart today. I pray that God may work his character in you. Let, let go of a human being character and receive a character of heaven. Let's go, let's go of the things that are not of God and allow God to invade us so that your will may be done on, on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, Father, our Lord be your name. Your, your kingdom come. You know, give us our daily bread was not at the first time, at the, at the top of the list. Give us our daily bread was later on. Now, the daily bread can be word of God as we interpret it, but the daily bread also means food. So it means that Jesus knows that you need food, but he didn't start the prayer by asking for food. He started the prayer by glorifying the name of the Father. And then the food follow those who glorify the Father. Now, if you are not glorifying the Father, you will have to pray for food. But if you glorify the Father, food will come after you. Because the Father always glorifies those who glorifies him. The Father empowers those who recognize him. The Father empowers those who can stand tall in the presence of people and say, you know what, I have an encounter with Jesus. Oh, he has changed my life completely. Once I was blind, but now I see. I was weak, but now I am strong. I want us to amend our ways. Stop following God for breakthrough. Because he is a breakthrough himself. The moment you get him, you have a breakthrough. Some of you are, are, are hurt today because the breakthrough, you don't get it the way you want to get it. Some of you are even discouraged because you don't get the breakthrough the way you want to get it. Let me tell you something. The moment you lay down the pursuit of a breakthrough and you pursue him not as a breakthrough giver, but as all. Your heart goes after him. It's after him. And you can say, like the Apostle Paul, I can do all things for Christ. I know how to be poor. I know how to be in lack. And I know how to be in abundance. I can do all things by Christ who gives me the strength. So, Father, if I have prayed for the financial breakthrough and it's not coming, I will still glorify your name. Father, if I have prayed for my way to be opened and my way is still locked, I will still glorify you. I will not let the locked doors cause me not to worship you. I will not let the closed doors prevent me from acknowledging that you are good and you are merciful. I will not, I will not allow a circumstance to challenge my faith in a way that I deny my God. Lord, I am ready. And that must be the cry of the people. I am ready. I am ready in death or in life, I shall glorify you. That's what the Apostle Paul said. He said, in death or in life, I shall glorify my Father. Listen to me. Let me tell you something. God is not all the time giving the breakthrough the way you want it. He wouldn't be God. He wouldn't be God. If he's your puppet, he wouldn't be God. No. No, he wouldn't be God. Sometimes, God does not give you a breakthrough the way you want to, but he gives you the breakthrough of your heart. And many have been trained to just receive breakthrough, and because of that, they are getting discouraged. And I'm here to tell you, all this will pass away. But there is one thing that remains. The love of God and the love of Christ manifested to us. Hallelujah. We can go today and say, I will not allow petrol price to bring me down. 
I will not allow bread price to bring, I will not allow the prices in shop to bring me down because we've been there before. How many people know that when you were born, you were not born with money? In your hands. And how many people know that from the age of uh, maybe one until maybe 18, you didn't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, because your father knew. You don't take what I'm saying. Your children will even ask for some stuff. Today we want to eat this, like the money comes from them. They impose sometimes what they want to eat. We are tired of eating this one. But they don't know how it costs to buy what they want. But they have only one reasoning. My father knows. And, and, and Jesus, talking about that in the book of Matthew, chapter number 6, from verse 25, he said, do not worry about what you're going to wear, you're going to eat, for your heavenly father knows. Who is your father? All children think their fathers are rich people. They see 20 rand with you. And they brag at school even. Go to school, they brag. You know, we, we, we have this. Uh, and my father said he would do this for me. And uh, they brag. Sometimes they lie. The father didn't say anything, but they just, they just lie to impress the friend. Uh, we know all, we, we all know that. Eh? You know. Because they know their fathers. Do you know your father? Do you know that he's the creator of heaven and earth? He holds this is man is in the universe. And that's the father that you have. And the Bible says, your father knows. But he says, but seek first. The kingdom and his righteousness. And then your father will add all this to you. I'm glad he didn't say he will give you. He said he will add. Addition is not necessarily a gift. Addition is something you need to progress. <laughs> hey, hey. When you put a brick on top of the other brick, you have added. You didn't give a second brick to the last brick. You put it there because they needed to be a wall. So God says, I'm going to add things to you. And you know, additional thing, you don't go anywhere with it. That's why the day you close your eyes, those additions stay here. But whatever he gives you, he says, I've given you my spirit. I've given you my love. I have given you myself. So it doesn't matter in that life or in death, his love is with you. He's given us. He has given us eternal life. He didn't say, I add eternal life to you. He said, I have given you. It's a gift. It's permanent. It's for you. It's in your spirit. The devil likes it or not, I have eternal life in me. The devil likes it or not, I have the life of God in me. He likes it or not, I have it. He can take away what was added, but he will not take away what was given. He can break your car. He can do this, do that. But eternal life, he can't touch it. The Holy Spirit in you, he can't touch it. The love of God manifested in Christ, he can't touch it. But he can come and try to mess up your relationship because relationships are added. So let me finish with this. 
Everything that is added, don't try to keep it. Let God keep it. He said, cast your bread on the surface of the water and with time you will find it again. Hallelujah. So when God gives you breakthrough, don't try to keep the breakthrough. Keep God and let him handle your breakthrough. If you are here today and you struggle in your relationship with God as your father, and you can't give glory anymore because of what you are going through, I want you to stand up. I will pray from where you are. You will not come in front. I will pray for you where you are. If you are here and you are struggling with this notion that I just spoke about, or you are hurt, or somebody hurt you or offended you, and I know sometimes people say, I can't do it because what about people are going to say? You know, when you go to a surgery, you don't worry if you are dressed or undressed. Or when the guy wants to see a lady, she does not say, you, you are not my husband. Hey, it's finished. It is mission. That's what it does. So this is a theater. We are all lying on the bench here. We are not looking at each other. So if you are here and you are struggling with that, if somebody offended you and you took it so much to heart and today is killing you, you know, how do you measure if you are offended? Offense stops your progress in God. When you can't pray anymore, when you don't feel at home anymore, look at your heart. Maybe you are offended. Yeah. If you are here and there's an offense in your heart, I want you. Sometimes you are offended with God because God is not doing it the way you want. So you take offense at Him. Even if you are offended with God today, stand up also. Yes. Stand up. Because you say, I pray, but God is. Stand up. There's an offense there. There's no fence there. There's no fence there. There's no fence there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to lift up your hands. I'm just going to pray a simple prayer. Say, Lord, dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for taking offense. Forgive me for having unforgiveness. I release it today. And give me grace to love you with all my heart. Thank you for you going to do it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give a big hand to our Lord? Christianity is a life of joy. When you don't have joy, it's not God. It's you. Because you have loaded yourself with many things. And then the journey is not easy. You need to offload. I say you need to offload. You need to be joyful. I'm not saying you need to be happy. I say you need to be joyful. Hallelujah. And then happiness will come as a reward of joy. Some of you today want to give up. But I want to tell you, carry on. Jesus is good. I say Jesus is good. Before we do the before I want to make a few altar calls. If you are here and you don't know Jesus and you want to give your life to Christ today, can you lift up your hand from where you are and say, I want to give my life to Jesus. Is there anyone in this house that today say, it's my day and I want to give my life to Jesus. My wife, I want you to help me. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. Is there also anyone that says, I realize that I have backslided in my ways. I want to come back. If you are here, also lift up your hands. If you say in your heart, I know I have backslided. You know, how do you know you have backslided? Is when everybody is going and you are in the race, but it feels that you are going nowhere. It's a backsliding state. And say, Lord, I want you to give me grace again in my faith. We prayed for 20 minutes in tongue this whole week. Amen. Did you do it? Yes. We're going to do it again this week. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to do it again this week. For 20 minutes every day, praying in a known tongue. Just play. I want to, oh, you, you want, okay. Which one was that? The second one. Lift up your hand. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I'm coming back to you. Give me grace today. I receive your forgiveness. And thank you for the Holy Ghost that gives me grace to run, to run this race again. In Jesus' name, amen. You know you can do ministry out of self-motives or you can do it out of pure motives. You see how you serve God out of selfishness? You serve God with that idea that I want to. It's like it becomes a platform where you fail, you think ministry will give you value. The moment you find your value in your anointing, you have failed already. The moment you find your value in what you do, you have already failed. Because your value is in Christ. It's not in what you do. Listen to me. Your value is not in what you do. Your value is not in healing the sick, in bringing people to salvation, in speaking in a known tongue. Your value is not in doing miracles. Your value is in Christ. Therefore, if those things happen or not, you are still stable because your value is in God. Never measure your value with what you do. Measure your value with what he has done.